Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Barfield. And I'm Josiah Jones. And this is the Christ Community Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Our show is designed to encourage, challenge, and uplift you with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In this episode, we're going to talk about the latest sermon, chat about some stuff going on in this crazy world, read some scripture, and as always, we'll spend some time praying for you. So let's get to it. All right, Josiah, great to be here again for another Christ Community Podcast. And I must admit, I've enjoyed uh, our time doing these episodes. It's kind of been a highlight of the week through some of these weeks that aren't exactly as normal as they could be. <laughs> yes, for sure, Dave. Um, as you know, um, mm. I'm I'm very frugal with my words. <laughs> <laughs> what do you okay. mean by frugal, Josiah? <laughs> okay, so maybe I'm very generous. <laughs> generous, that's my, a good way to put my it. Words. Yeah, large S. Yeah. Yes, and so it's wonderful to have another venue to talk, mm-hmm. and especially to talk about one of my favorite subjects, mm. the gospel. Right. You know, I've been trying to think of the fringe benefits uh, to this whole isolation, and I was joking last week that my yard has never looked uh, this good, um, but in all seriousness, there really are some great things that keep happening the longer this quarantine goes on, and one of those things that I've been thinking about is the openness that people feel in simply asking, how are you? Are, are you doing okay? Now, to me, that's refreshing, and not necessarily because I'm looking for a shoulder to cry on every 10 seconds or anything right. like that, um, but because people genuinely seem to care about how you're doing, and since everyone knows that we're all dealing with the same exact stuff, there's a certain liberty in asking how you're doing. Dave, I think that's absolutely right. Um, That's really uh, one of the benefits to this time. Neighbors, friends, family, everyone is dealing with the same difficulties. Mm. And as you know, that's not at all dissimilar uh, to the gospel. Mm. Uh, the reality is we all suffer from the same disease, mm-hmm. sin, right. and so have the same need for the only cure, namely Jesus, as he offers himself to us in the gospel. And I think that during times like this, we're more aware of our need, and so there's an openness for us to talk about the one who is the cure to that need, Jesus. Mm. Yeah, the ground is always level at the cross. No one is ever ever too bad or too good for the great gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen to that. So let's talk about the sermon. Why don't you give us a quick recap? Gladly. Um, As you know, this last Sunday was uh, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Mm, Sunday, uh, and one of my, if not the favorite uh, Sunday Mm -hmm. um, of mine. And this past Sunday, we were in uh, Luke's Gospel account, chapter 24, uh, the an, an episode, a historical account that Luke gives us that I think is probably my favorite uh, in the Gospels because it shows the implications of the resurrection for uh, our for ordinary people to be able to know Jesus Mm. personally, Mm -hmm. vitally, 
Because what you see is because of Jesus' resurrection, like the objective resurrection of Jesus, he is alive and thus he's able to reveal himself. Mm -hmm. And Luke shows us to two ordinary disciples who weren't even seeking him Mm -hmm. because they were in distress, but he pursued them, he revealed himself. And one of the things that's so powerful about Luke's account is that he shows that Jesus ordinarily reveals himself to ordinary people through ordinary means, especially through the scriptures. Hmm. That's awesome. I was joking with our engage group on Sunday night how cool it would have been to be on that seven-mile stretch to Emmaus just chatting, and then suddenly the stranger appears, and then you get this deluge of the Old Testament from Moses and the prophets, and then all of a sudden your eyes are opened and it's Jesus. What a cool experience that must have been. And you know, while on Sunday we celebrated the resurrection in a very special way, in reality we celebrate it every week by worshiping on Sunday. Prior to Jesus and his bodily resurrection, him coming back to life, his people worshiped on Saturdays. But since the resurrection, and since it was such a massive event, we see a shift in the New Testament to worship on the first day of the week. That's that's right, Dave. And that's significant because in the Old Covenant, uh, the Sabbath was at the end of the week, pointing to the uh, promised rest that the Messiah Mm -hmm. would bring when he came and brought about, through his uh, life, death, resurrection, the new creation. In uh, the new covenant, following Jesus' resurrection, we begin each week in the rest that Christ Mm -hmm. has secured through his perfect life, his death, his resurrection, Mm -hmm. and we live the week out of Mm -hmm. the victory, the rest, the new life that Jesus has secured Mm -hmm. for us. That's so awesome, and that really is a paradigm shift for so many things. And in reality, resurrections are happening all the time, right? Yeah, and uh, Dave, as a famous pastor, recently said, there's no such thing as a boring testimony Mm. because there's no such thing as a boring resurrection. (laughs) Amen to that. Yes, so this is what we call in theology regeneration, Mm -hmm. and here's the reality that uh, because Christ has been raised, when uh, the Spirit of God uh, works in someone's life and unites them to Christ through faith, it's Christ's resurrection power that causes us to be born again and to be new creations. That is a resurrection that is happening Mm -hmm. because of Jesus' resurrection. And in another sense, as awesome as that is, it keeps going, right? Because resurrections, in one sense, happen daily and periodically to us as believers, too. And I have in mind this idea of dying to self as we love and serve. There's this dying to self that brings about a newness of life as well, don't you think? Yeah, that's the process of sanctification. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave, I know we've both been reading this uh, really helpful and powerful book called J-Curve, mm-hmm. where the uh, author... Paul Miller. Yes, uh, where he draws out that this is the Christian life, mm-hmm. that when we're united to, to Jesus, the Spirit is at work to form the life of Christ in us, 
enabling us to to die, whether it's to die to sin and, and repentance, or it's even just loving others or suffering that God in his providence brings our way, we experience a kind of dying with Christ, and it's through that that the Spirit then brings about resurrection of love, of fruitfulness, mm. of growth in mm-hmm. holiness. Um, this is the pattern of Christ's life mm. being experienced and lived out in those who are united to him. Mm. That's so settling to know that this life we live as Christians isn't just a bunch of dying to self, as if that were the whole point. There's dying to self, but a resurrection on the other side of things. Amen. And that's such a gift, isn't it? Mm. Uh, The Lord gives purpose and prize to all the suffering that we endure. Mm. Amen to that. In our next segment, we're going to take the time to hear God's Word. As we mention each week, we want the Word of Christ to dwell in us richly. So as you listen, chew on these words, meditate on them, and thank God for the gift of His Word. Since we celebrated Jesus' resurrection on Sunday, we're going to hear from the book of John about what took place after Jesus came back to life. So today's text is John 21 verses 15 through 25. Listen to the gospel of Christ. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was going to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following him, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die, but if it's my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. 
were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As many of you know, we like to close each episode with a time of prayer. It's really our joy to pray for you all, and we hope that you'll pray along with us if you're able. So, Josiah, why don't you go first, and then I'll close us. That'd be great. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you like Peter, recognizing our failures and grateful for how tender you are. Uh, Even as you, in your question to Peter, are, yes, reminding him of his failures. Three times you ask him, do you love me? And he's grieved because he remembers how he denied you three times. And yet, you did not put your finger on that reality to... To, to rub it in to him, but to more powerfully and wonderfully help him to see and feel the full provision that you made for his failures. That where his sins were many, your mercy is more. And you remind us of that. And the fact that you've been raised from the dead is evidence that the Father has accepted your sacrifice for all of our failures. And so now we live the rest of our lives out of overwhelming love for the one who so loved us. Knowing how we would fail you, you yet willingly went to the cross and secured our salvation And by your resurrection, you you brought about our justification so that we stand accepted before the Father in you, the Beloved. Oh, what motivation we have now to tell others about you, to feed your sheep, to labor uh, in your kingdom because of love for the one who loved us when that's the last thing that we deserve. Mm -hmm. So, Lord Jesus, we pray that as we respond to your dying love and experience more the fullness of your resurrection power, um, that we would, as you were telling Peter, you're going to end up following my pattern in your life. Uh, And we pray that that would be a reality, that we would, out of love for you, willingly die to self, that by your Holy Spirit we might live. Out of love for you, by your Spirit we might live out of love for others, that your life would shine through us because of your being in us by your Spirit. Mm -hmm informing yourself in us. 
Amen. Father in heaven, I'm just astounded at your power of resurrection, that you raised Jesus from the dead. He wasn't half asleep. He wasn't uh, merely uh, fainted um, or something else. He was astoundingly dead Mm. and on our behalf. And you raised him from the dead. And Lord, this is perhaps my favorite theme in Scripture, is this resurrection power. And you tell us in Ephesians 1 that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in our hearts. And Lord, that is absolutely amazing. Number one, that it takes the resurrection power to overcome the sin in our hearts. But number two, that you would choose to use that power in our hearts and to give us newness of life. And so we praise you for this life that we have. We thank you for your resurrecting power. And Lord, as you dealt with Peter in this text in John um, 21, we just thank you that you didn't leave him where he was. Mm. Lord, he was so disoriented after denying you three times. And he wept bitterly. And yet you didn't leave him there. After your resurrection, you dealt with him gently. And then you told him to feed your sheep. He didn't, you didn't just give him instructions, a to-do list on how to get better and how to uh, not deny you in front of people mm-hmm. and um, how to not be bitter over your own sin. You told him to feed your sheep, to reach out to people that needed more of you. And that is the heart of the Great Commission, to go forth and make disciples and preach the gospel to everyone. And so we just thank you for this command that it wasn't an onerous task of of navel-gazing and trying to figure out this and that about his own soul and why he stumbled and all this. You said, feed your sheep. And Lord, as we, in this strange time of quarantine and isolation, and sorting out what's going on in our lives. It's very disorienting. And yet the task is still the same for us, to feed your sheep. You want us to reach out and to fulfill the Great Commission and disciple those around us via uh, online meetings and phone calls and text messages and the wonderful things that technology can do. Lord, you want us to feed your sheep, and so we pray for the heart to do that, that you would give us eyes to see the needs that are all around us. We know people are hurting. People are losing jobs. People are depressed. um, And we need to be able to reach them. And so we pray that you would give us the eyes to see them and that, Lord, you would raise up people to send to your harvest. It might be a digital harvest at this point. We don't know. But we pray Mm -hmm. that you would raise up laborers into your harvest because we know there's joy out in the harvest. Yes. We thank you, God, for your resurrecting power. We thank you that you are using that same power in our lives. And so we just commit all of these things to you. Each person listening, we pray for grace in their lives, that you would work in their hearts and show them more and more of Jesus wherever they are, whatever needs they might have, that Jesus would become more real to them than ever before. Father, we love you, and we do trust you. And we know that there are areas that we don't trust you in. And so we ask that you would help our unbelief, and we know that you will. And we pray for the strength to feed your sheep. And we ask all this in the great name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you all for listening. We want to take a special opportunity to invite you to an investigative study of the Bible. If you're curious about Christianity, about Jesus, and about the Bible itself, we'd invite you to go to our website, ChristCommunityCarmel.org. You can sign up there for a six-week Bible study as we investigate the claims of Christianity. It'll be done via an online Zoom meeting, and we'd love for you to join us. Until next time, the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Amen. And God bless.